Before we begin today's show, if you're missing basketball games right now like the rest of us, know you're not alone. We all miss them. The good news is you can watch replays of games in so many different places. The bad news is we all know how tiring it can be after staring at a screen for so many hours. That's where 5-Hour Energy Shots can come in handy. 5-Hour Energy helps you get through your crazy on-the-go life, even if you're at home. With zero sugar, four calories, and a convenient portable size, it's the perfect pick-me-up for busy, hardworking people. When you prepare for your quarantine, you should load up on 5-Hour Energy so that you can work around the clock. Absolutely. And by the way, when you pick them up, they come in two extra-strength, brand-new tropical tastes. Strawberry banana and tropical burst they are delicious, and they can take you to that tropical experience. You can try them both and go online to shop the number 5hourenergy.com and use the code COOP to receive a one-time offer of 10% off your order. Get it delivered to your house like everything else. That's shop the number 5hourenergy.com, code HOOP, to receive a one-time offer of 10% off. 5-Hour Energy, energy on the go. Hey, what do companies like Ring, Hint, and Bolden Branch all have in common? They all use NetSuite to accelerate their growth. Successful companies know that in order to grow faster, you must have the right tools. If you want to take your company from 2 million to 10 million or 10 million to hundreds of millions in revenue, NetSuite by Oracle gives you the tools to turbocharge your growth. With NetSuite, you get a full picture of your business, finance, inventory, HR, customers, and more. It's everything you need to grow all in one place right from your phone or computer. NetSuite will give you the visibility and control you need to make the right decisions and grow with confidence. That's why NetSuite customers grow faster than the S&P 500. NetSuite is the world's number one cloud business system, trusted by more than 19,000 companies. It's the last system you're ever going to need. NetSuite. Business grows here. Schedule your free product tour right now and receive a free guide, six ways to run a more profitable business at netsuite.com slash hoop. That's netsuite.com slash hoop, H-O-O-P, netsuite.com slash hoop. And by now, if you haven't taken a listen to the Woj Pod, I strongly suggest you do so because our insider Adrian Wojnarski speaks to some of the biggest names in the NBA every week. Guys like Patrick Beverly, Trey Young, Bradley Beal, and so many more. Who knows how many guys he's going to be able to get now that they uh, have some free time on their hands. And you can check out the full back catalog of Woj's conversations. And of course, be sure to subscribe, rate, and review the Woj Pod and our pod at the Hoop Collective wherever you get your podcasts. Hello and welcome to the Hoop Collective Podcast. We talk about the NBA. We're just laughing here because Ban McMahon is, uh, is cracking me up. It, it, Ban McMahon was, was about to be banned, uh, from the arena yet again, but, uh, then the league shut down. Um, he's joining us from Dallas, uh, where he was at the last game of the NBA season. Well, the last game before the postponement. Uh, Mavericks actually finished. Right. They're finished. Um, and then also joining us from Oklahoma City is Royce Young. Royce was at the non-existent Thunder Jazz game uh, where the season was shut down, essentially. Um, so, Royce, I'm going to start with you. Um, we all know what happened, but can you take us through from your eyes what you did and saw as the things unfolded? So I assume you went to your seat and we're ready for tip-off. Mm-hmm. I guess we'll start from there. Yeah, well, I'd, I'd even rewind a little bit before that, Brian, just because the the will he won't he 
playing saga of Rudy Gobert was, I think, a factor in this. And and just, you know, you know how it is in an arena pregame. You start kind of having these conversations around the arena. And and just the nature in which that that, you know, Quinn Snyder said definitively Rudy Gobert is out. Then he claimed that he misheard the question when he obviously didn't. Um, and then Gobert was back to being questionable. Uh, like that, that like, you know, as, as any reporter, like that kind of, uh, you know, that tickles your spidey sense there. And you start wondering, he, he was, he was listed as having an illness, but there were other players. Mm -hmm. There was a couple of other players in the league that night who, yeah, but I mean like Kendrick Nunn, for example, in Miami Mm -hmm. was listed as being out with illness. Like just, you know, that happens this time of year. Um, like was there speculation that that, that this, that that was it? Like, is that why it was was, pregame? I would say I can't. I, I don't feel like I should go into too much about it, but there was some there was some um, veiled thought that uh, that the Thunder's game was in jeopardy earlier in that day, and and it was there was some I confusion see. going on that I had understood that it was like was it was it in jeopardy because of like what was going on within the league and was that part of that or was there something deeper and you know because we were all kind of naive. Wednesday afternoon, I just thought there was some sort of confusion about, oh, the postponement or like no fans in the arena and there was kind of a mix up there. So anyway, that so to me, when when Rudy Gobert, that whole situation there, it was kind of like, I think something's going on here. And, and what's that all about? And then and then. So, yeah, I go through regular pregame, everything. I take my seat, national anthem, games ready to go, starting lineups. And literally the refs are out on the, I mean, everybody's seen the video. The refs are ready to throw the ball up. And the moment I saw Donnie Strack, who's basically, for lack of better title, the Thunder's head of medicine, as soon as I saw him running out on the court, I knew something was going on. And, literally he you know, was running. A lot running. of people, yeah, he literally ran out. I mean, like, and, yeah. and, and I know Donnie pretty well. Like, he is one of the most calm, collected people. I mean, he's, he's a doctor, first of all, so of course he is. But, like, mm-hmm. he's, he is very, very put together. And he, he looked frantic. He looked shaken and like I, I wasn't close enough to say that like sweat was coming off of his forehead, but it looked like he was sweating. I mean, that's what it looked like to me. And at that moment, you know, it, common sense would tell you this has something to do with the virus, right? I mean, like it just has to with everything going on in the league. And a lot of people are like, "What's going on? What's going on?" And I looked right at uh, John Reed, who's uh, one of the Thunder's PR guys, and I was like, "This has something to do with Gobert. Like this is something Gobert related." And from basically that moment on, like you know, I'm trying to eavesdrop on the conversations, trying to read lips of they call Billy. Yeah, Donovan so real quick, so the Snyder thing about it is in in Oklahoma City, the media actually has tremendous seats. They sit right behind yeah. the scorers table. Um, I yeah, I had and, a uh, <laughs> and I did hear referee Ben Taylor come over to the score table, and and you know he was telling the public address announcer like what to say essentially or what the situation was, and and all I heard him say is that. The league has asked me to delay the game. I don't know why. They just asked me to delay the game. And so really kind of at that point, um, you know, everybody's wandering around. You know, everybody saw the video of Chris Paul kind of approaching the jazz bench and saying, what's wrong with Rudy? Um, and, and it was, you know, everybody was starting to kind of put things together a little bit. And, and then they told and both teams way, just to go to their locker rooms. And by the way, also at this point, Mavs Nuggets is tipping off. So, you know, it's not a, a game is underway. A, yeah. Right. It's not also, a league wide thing. This is a specific uh, jazz thunder situation. From what I understand, yeah, this is only moment. within a five minute window here. I mean, this is like five to 10 yeah. minutes. This is not like this extended period of time here. And so when so the teams at some point leave the floor, right? 
and the, but the announcement. Yeah, they were told to go back to their locker rooms. And at that moment, I left the floor too. It was like uh, they had told me like they want to get you on TV as fast as possible. And so we kind of went like hunting down like you know we were going to try to get outside the Jazz locker room. Of course, they closed the doors off. And, uh, you know, we were in the hallway just kind of nearby that. But, you know, you yeah, could yeah. hear it out on the court. And, you know, they're, they're, they're pulling out all the stops. They're bringing, like, you know, uh, between quarter they, and they, attainment They, they out. activated the halftime act. The halftime act, <laughs> act comes out. And uh, eventually they, um, you know, I, I really don't know why they were just delaying at that point and why they didn't just postpone it. Maybe there was some plan in place. That's a good question. Well, I will say this, but, that um, I, I do know because, you know, as soon as Chris Paul left the floor, he had to be – he had to swing into action as the union president um, mm-hmm. because yeah. they had to liaise with the union. So Chris Paul was a you know, I don't I don't know who he talked to, but you know Chris Paul had been in contact with uh, with the league and was aware of the situation before it was announced. Of course, of course. well, and and it's part of this story too is the Oklahoma Health Commissioner I believe said at a press conference that they received Rudy Gobert's positive test results at six forty five p.m. And so, you know, the game starts at 7, but tip-off's more like, you know, 7.08, 7.09, somewhere in there. So, like, that that should tell you how tight this window was to, like, right, get but, positive but Rudy Gobert wasn't then, in the arena. It wasn't like he no, was he jumping was not. center. He was not. No, so, he, was, he, he, never, okay. he never stepped foot in the arena. Okay, so right, now tell uh, me. Obviously, somebody else with coronavirus did. That's true. That's that right. true. Of course. So let me, we'll get to that in a minute. Um, so then what, ha- so then brief us. What happens? And don't I want to know what you were doing? Like you're doing sure. what now? And like I, I, you know, Bristol's having a three stage meltdown, as they should. It's a major <laughs> news event. I'm just uh, yeah. Um, but go, yeah, go ahead. Uh, I mean, it's like I'm literally standing in the hallway, right next to the metal detector, where the players come in from the loading dock. You know, whether whether it's the the home team where they will, you know, the Thunder where they'll park their cars and come in, or the visiting team. So I'm standing right there, kind of in that area. Uh, we've got it. They, so they had put up a sign that said essential personnel only. And so we really weren't allowed to go by that. But I'm just kind of standing there with the camera crew, like we're just ready to go on at, at any moment. And so I'm standing there, Brian, when I, you know, I couldn't actually even hear the public address announcer say it, that uh, the game has been postponed. And he said it twice. You're safe. You're safe. You know, there's there's no re- reason to hurry out of here. Um, and so I didn't even hear him say that. You know, I'm just standing there waiting to to go on. Uh, checking my phone like everybody else, sending texts and emails and trying to figure out some sort of like what what context is going on. And I basically stood in that spot for like the next, you know, hour and a half because we thought we might even see players leaving. You know, that's again, I think it illustrates kind of how naive we all were going into Wednesday night's games is that like uh, we were like, ooh, this is a great spot. We're going to get all the players like leaving the game here behind us, you know, like while we're doing this live shot. Little did we know that both teams were going to be quarantined in there for for hours to come. You did television until what time in the morning? I did. I left the arena about three fifteen a.m. Um, we watched the jet. The Jazz buses pulled out to go back to their hotel finally at about one fifteen, one twenty. But then and we had a couple other things happened? to do. I was standing there out on the sidewalk watching them pull out. <laughs> so I, I, Donovan Mitchell literally waved at me as he pulled out. Uh, I don't think he Great was guy. like waving at me. I think he saw a person and he waved at him. But um, but yeah, I saw him wave on the bus. Donovan Mitchell, great guy. So is Rudy Gobert. I mean, he's. I mean, yeah. let's just not lie, McMahon. He's your. He's your guy. You, you two have done stories no, yeah, together. Rudy, Rudy is he's a really good dude who made a. Well, he and his chef has. Uh, Rudy is a really good dude who obviously made a fool of himself 
by joking about this, and then unfortunately he's, or fortunately, depending on your perspective, he's the first one to come down with this. You know, and McMahon exactly reached out to him and said, look, I'm a good dude who's made a fool out of myself. Let me help you with this situation. <laughs> Let me talk oh, you through this. Well, I didn't have that exact conversation, although I certainly could have. But I do think, like, Gobert being blamed for stuff, like, yeah, look, he did something stupid where he was kind of joking about, because uh, at the time, the six, media stays six to eight feet away, but we're playing in an arena with 20,000 people. Let's be honest. The initial response was a joke. Um, but still he, you know, he downplayed the seriousness of the situation. Now he has it. And certainly we're seeing this thing unfold, hopefully not like in Italy, but unfortunately it looks like it's going to be that level of serious. Um, but no, well, McMahon, I was supposed to, I was supposed to fly to Rome today. Oh, wow. I had yeah, tickets to fly eesh. to Rome today. And I will but say, he, um, no, go ahead. Go ahead, Royce. Well, I was going to say, just, just on what Tim's saying, though, but again, this is how naive we were going into Wednesday night's game. Let me stress, Rudy Gilbert was questionable to play in the game yes. 30 minutes before tip-off. And I mean, like, and, the guy is being tested, tested for the coronavirus, and he's still questionable. Well, and, and even crazier than that, even after they suspend the season, they finished the Mavericks-Nuggets game. <laughs> they had a full house, or I don't know, probably wasn't a full house, they had a crowd... In Sacramento. I mean, they're yeah. just, like, it's unbelievable. Yeah, it is well, unbelievable. with Zion, they wanted to see Zion. You know, I, you know, there was that shot that we used over and over of the little girl in the Zion little yeah. jersey. I mean, I, my guess, she was maybe eight, crying when she thought that she was going to get to, I felt so bad for her. How do you, exp- I mean, what do you explain to that poor little girl? Um, yeah. So that was, that was a national uh, TV game that was on ESPN. In fact, I was in New York doing the uh, pregame show with Stephen A. Smith where um, we were talking about how uh, the league is, was probably going to move remove all fans the next day. They hadn't announced it yet. And uh, I remember I was saying that uh, it's just going to take one player to test positive. We're going to have to shut the league down. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, that wasn't intuition. That was just common sense. Um, mm-hmm. And we, we Royce, Royce did a hit on the show. We, we went to Royce during that sports center before the game. And uh, little did little well, I, you know, Royce, yeah, you were going to be so busy. Well, that was a – but even thinking back on that, Brian, you know, I remember I was kind of taking in the scene in the arena pregame. I, again, when you just kind of think in, in hindsight how, how silly this looks, but in the moment people had just such a different perspective. But I'm looking around the arena watching the players, and one of the first things that stood out to me, ironically, is I was watching Donovan Mitchell warm up with two ball boys rebounding for him. And I'm sitting there looking at him and I'm going like, what about the basketballs? Like, you know, like what about the ball boys? Right. Exactly. They clearly (laughs) got tested. Um, But like, and, but like, I'm looking at these basketballs and like my, my mind started immediately going, I was thinking like as a writer, I was like, wow, good story. Like during this, like shutdown, you're like a no fan in attendance thing will be to like follow the basketball. Like how do they, how are they going to sanitize a basketball? Cause that's the one thing everybody on the floor is going to touch unless you play for the Rockets. But like, that's the one thing that everybody's going to touch. That's the one thing everybody's going to touch on the floor. I want to applaud that jab. Even in this time. This time of, of, of desperation for so many, we can we can still get those jabs, and that's what you come to the Hoop Collective for. But please but, go on. 
but uh, but I mean that was like you know that's where my mind was thinking. I was like, I want to I want to find the game ball. Who's in charge of the game ball? Because I'm watching Donovan Mitchell warm up out there, and I actually pulled mm-hmm. one of the ball boys aside and I said, you know, did you have to do anything special tonight? Did you know? Did you have to like make sure you washed your hands? Did you have to sanitize the basketball? And he was like, No, what are you talking about? <laughs> like, and I was thinking to myself, yeah. like. So, yeah, they're not ready for this. And I'm watching players sitting there, you know, talking with assistant coaches, going over film, sitting in the same seats, courtside. You know, we see it every game where you see players well, yeah, sitting and like, in fan seats. I mean, and they're, they're high five no and way stuff to be just like normal. They're, yeah. Right. They're, so this whole thing, like Rudy was reckless. Yeah, he made jokes about it and stuff and certainly looks like a fool because of it. But the whole league was reckless. I mean, even if you're just dapping guys up, like, I mean, Playing basketball was was reckless, especially in packed houses. I just, I just want to point out. I just want to point out. Now, it's very possible that the next day, which would have been Friday morning, that the league was going to announce <clears throat> that uh, there were going to be no fans effective immediately. Right. But the league had not announced that yet, and who knows right. if they might have tried to squeeze out another day or two. So, um, you know, Rudy is. I would. I mean, I, I stopped short of calling him a hero. But uh, him coming, you know, him coming down with it broke up the league, and you know, in theory, uh, limited the amount of opportunities there was to spread. It expedited something that and, needed to happen quickly, and it like right. it went from hey, there's a few dozen people, you know, some hundreds here and there, but you know, this thing, there's some people who have it too. Oh my God, an NBA player has it. The league is shutting down, like. It became a different level of like you could not ignore it at that point. You could not not well, just in sports, but everything. I wish I could say I, you could I, ignore. It. You could not have four functioning brain cells and ignore it at that point. <laughs> yeah. So so I did get up on on Wednesday and Thursday. Uh, no, was it? yeah, Wednesday and Thursday. This happened Wednesday night, right? Wednesday night. Um, I said Friday earlier, but I meant Wednesday night. So the the lead. So when I came in to do get up, we had our six a.m. meeting. It's a early wake up call, and. Um, the, the Lakers had just had that rough loss the night before to the Nets. And we were going to make that the lead NBA story. And But overnight, I had gotten some texts and some stuff about how serious this was going to be. And I raised the idea in the, in the conference call, or the, the conference call with the owners. I was like, you know, we probably should, the lead story should be the possibility of fans being knocked out of arenas. Um, but the lead story to... Um, to get up that day was Tom Brady's free agency. And I wasn't sitting there hmm. pounding the table saying, yeah, uh, that's a terrible idea. So, and then that night, you know, 12 hours later, the league was shut down. So everything did happen very quickly and, and Gobert, whatever happened, he, uh, he accelerated it. Um, Roy, Royce, how did you feel about being just going to the game at night, covering a game in a, in a full arena? Uh, I, I, I wouldn't say I felt weird about it. I, you know, I, I think probably like you did, Tim, you went to the, to the game kind of with the context of thinking this might be the last one I'm at for a while. You See, know, I like, was freaked I, out and I, I had just really made the decision. Me. I was supposed to fly out to LA for Lakers Rockets and hang in LA for a couple of days because the Rockets were staying over and I made the decision to cancel that. Because a DFW to LAX flight just sounded like an absolute, well, I mean, just an absolute nightmare. Yeah, and, I mean, I flying to a game. So, and then on my way to the game, I'm arguing on the phone with my older daughter because she wants to go to the movies, and I say, "No, absolutely not. You are not going out in a the crowd. There's that's not happening." And 
oh, daddy, you're overreacting, you're being overprotective to me. I'm saying, look, I'm driving to a game right now that I don't want to be at. Like, there's no way we should be having these kind of crowds. So I spent the whole game, and obviously the, the Gobert thing was unfolding as my game was beginning, and then the suspension happened, like, right as the second half was starting. But yeah. I spent the whole game kind of freaking out about being in a crowd. I look across the court, and this dude in the fourth row is wearing a face mask, gloves, and I'm like, dude, obviously you're concerned about what the hell are you doing here? So, Royce, let me ask you this. I mean, we're we're trying to have a little bit of lightheartedness with it here, but um, were you concerned? And, like, you know, you've got two kids and a wife. Yeah. Um, I I would say I wouldn't say I was ever concerned about it. I mean, it was, you know, you start kind of retracing your steps a little bit and you're wondering. But, you know, once once it was made clear to me, obviously, again, we at that time, we didn't know Donovan Mitchell was positive, too. But, you know, I I understood that Gobert was never in the arena. He wasn't even at shoot around that morning in the arena. And I'm kind of sitting there and I'm trying to look at it reasonably saying like, and I mean, like, let's look at it logically. Nothing. There's really nothing to worry about. And everybody kind of kept asking me, what do you have to do? Do you have to get tested? And I was like, no, I don't have to get tested. I'm, I'm following the same protocols anybody else would. If I, if I have a fever, you know, they kind of suggested that I self-quarantine for 24 hours since I was, you know, back around the locker rooms. And, and if I felt a fever, then I could maybe monitor my symptoms. But at no point did I really ever worry about it. I mean, there was times where it was like kind of, to the point of surreal where it's like, what is going on? And it kind of made me anxious. Like when I saw the health officials come walking in, they like close a black curtain and they're having this like little huddle and they've all got their scrubs on and like, you know, blue medical gloves on. And I'm like, Oh my goodness, this is like really happening. Like they're, they're going to go back into that locker room. Like that was, that was kind of like the made me anxious, but at no point man was I been like worried or scared. Yeah, I was actually, I was actually almost, I was almost wrestling with a security guy so that I could get back there and watch what they were doing. He was like strong on arming me out of the way, so I was going the opposite way. Wow, I just tried to cover an NBA game without breathing. Before we continue with the show, it's an amazing that even though I don't have any games to attend for the time being, uh, I still have no interest in cooking breakfast at home. I thought when I would have more time on my hands, I would be able to, you know, whip up some of that fresh French toast. Yeah, that's not happening. Uh, and, you know, I don't really want the plastic-wrapped, brick-shaped protein bars, old donuts, and the frozen breakfast like McMahon likes. But you can still get spectacular McChicken breakfast sandwiches at the McDonald's breakfast menu, and you don't have to violate your social distancing to do so. I don't think you can ever go back to your old breakfast life afterwards. That's breakfast worth getting up for. It's time to change your life for breakfast. Buttery crispy McChicken biscuits and savory sweet chicken McGriddles, freshly prepared and now available nationwide at McDonald's. That's how you wake up breakfast at participating McDonald's for a limited time. What I thought was interesting about that night was uh, not only that they kept playing after the season was suspended, but um, was that um, Cuban, I mean, he's taken such a tremendous leadership role Throughout this whole thing, um, as he has uh, donated money to arena workers and he's incentive, he's offering to pay the lunch or I don't know breakfast or lunch bills of his. Well, and by him declaring provide. that he was doing, he was taking care of the arena workers, that put the pressure on all of his mm-hmm. billionaire colleagues too. Right. So, but he, even his willingness. Now, he, he did an interview during the game, um, which you know he had the sideline interview with Tom Rinaldi. Mm-hmm. Then he held a press conference and. Um, 
I can't say how impressive that was and also important because, you know, Adam Silver was busy. I wasn't expecting him to, to call a press conference. It was also late in the day, but, you know, the NBA needed, you know, there needed to be somebody to speak for the league and, and he did that. And I, I mean, I thought I was pretty impressed with that. And did it really well. He, too, he did it. He was a little loose with some facts like, yeah, we can keep practicing. Um, right. and, and the other thing, I, I thought it was just very bizarre how giddy he seemed about, yeah, we had a great crowd tonight in Carlisle too. Yeah, oh, hey, Wednesday night, early start. It was a great crowd. I'm like, yeah, we don't want great crowds right now. That's the whole thing here, guys. And honestly, Rick was like, he's just, I guess you want your head coach of your NBA team to be just so laser focused and consumed with basketball. But he's talking about this is one of the best regular season wins of, of I've ever been around. And I'm like, what in the world? No, are he you did not say about, that. Dude? Yes, he did. Yes, he did. I'm like, I mean, great. Boban outplayed Jokic. Who gives a flying bleep? Like, what the hell's going on here? <laughs> I mean, that is. Uh, that's all one, right. That, well, that's uh, one thing about my situation is there was never any post game comments, you know, which granted there was no game to be played, but. Like, I mean, that's, that, that's what I, I so, you know, people have wondered about the Utah game, but like, I almost feel like Tim's experience was far more bizarre than mine because like you finished the game. I mean, that's just crazy to me. If after so the Royce, season was suspended. Yeah. Yeah. That was, it was, you know, like the Japanese soldiers out on the Pacific islands. Um, Royce, uh, when we did get up, you were on air, um, in like the seven o'clock central hour. Mm-hmm. So. You went home at three. You left at three fifteen. Uh, yeah, like, left at three fifteen. You, you didn't have much of a night. Minutes. No, I slept for about forty five minutes because you know I was a little, a little wound up. It's it's pretty standard practice for me. I, even though it was at three fifteen, I typically call my wife Carrie on the way home from games, and she had that expectation that I would do that as always. So I woke her up, and so she was pretty awake when I got home, and uh, we talked for a little bit. So I only slept for like forty five minutes. I think I I was back up at the arena for. A live shot at 5:30. I went back because I had one at 6:01. I had a I had a hit at 6:01 that morning. Wow! I left the arena about you, midnight. Took my butt to the grocery store and stocked up on lean cuisines. <laughs> <laughs> you mix them up. You mix them up to? enough. You can get through. I'm a, a lot What's of the pizzas go-to? just two two thirty in. You know, they've got a lot of different kind of the pizzas. So, you know, two thirty in the microwave and boom, you got a nice little meal there. Although I got to double up on them usually. All right, so we're going to be talking about this a lot in the uh, weeks ahead. Um, you know, I'm going to be honest with you. Like, I know Woj had a report today. You know, saying that you know, that the teams were looking into August. Um, uh, the CDC, you know, has said they don't want gatherings over 50 through um, early mid-May. Nobody really knows what's going to happen here. Now, now the um, the owners have instructed the CFOs to come up with a plan and give them some options and what can we do? Right, what's and, the and best case the, scenario? Well, okay. Start from the playoffs a, uh, Well, one thing I will say is that there's a sort of a clean break, even though it wouldn't be enjoyable for the teams that are in ninth. Um, you know, you could, it, it was a representative, it is a representative season. Yeah. It's over 60 games. And there's a clean eight teams in both. They could start the playoffs mm-hmm. up. Um, I think ideally, uh, I mean, and you know, like, yeah, I want to be 100% clear. Nobody knows. People can guess. Right. Nobody knows. 
Um, we just have to take care know. of us. <laughs> right. We have to take like care of ourselves as a society first. Um, but one thing that will happen here, no matter what, is that the NBA calendar is about to be altered. Hopefully, basketball is going to be important enough for us to really be able to focus on this at some point in the summer. But um, the NBA calendar now will be altered, and you know, in every crisis, there can be an opportunity, and the opportunity here is potentially, you know, stuff that you could never get through before because there was bureaucracy and red tape and you know entrenchment and what have you. I mean, now there is a window to make changes, and there could be some changes. One change that I think could be done, for example, that has been discussed on and off over the last five years is. You could move the draft behind free agency. You know, forget about, um, you know, there's going to be another NBA season at some point, and um, so there's going to be an off season, whether that off season is in September or whether that off season is in July. And so you could do what many people have wanted to do, which is do the NFL model where the where free agency comes first and the um, and the draft comes after. Um, Royce, what do you think about that idea? I, I think that it, like you said, Brian, I think it, it seems intriguing to me to maybe have always had the season December to late July or something like that. And again, that, there's an opportunity now here because let's just let's just play out the scenario here that the NBA Finals end in August, right, this year. <laughs> Correct me if I'm wrong, Brian, but like you, you can't have players reporting mm-hmm. back to training camp a month and a half after that, right? I mean, that's, well, that's, a bit, that's actually right. an interesting negotiation. For them to <clears throat> alter the schedule at all, <clears throat> they're going to have to get the players' association to agree to move the league year. The league year ends June thirtieth. Right, right. Now they're going to do. So, that. I mean, you'd have to have, you'd have to have a period of free agency. You'd have to have. You, you'd, yeah, you would have. It's not like you could just like start the training camps up September twenty first or whatever and just like get it going. You still have to open up a free agency period. You, there's a number of things that have to happen. So I think just naturally, it's it would have to shift it. And and I don't know that you could. I don't know that the process of shifting it back to what it was. It, like once it gets shifted, it seems like it would almost be impossible to shift it back. So I've always liked the idea of, of a December to July, though, because it gives the three main American sports like kind of their window of opportunity. Like you know, football gets September to January, basketball December to July, baseball is like you know April to October, and it's like each there, there's less overlap there, and it's always made sense. So maybe if we're, if we're looking for positives here, that's a, that's a reasonable positive to look at. I, I have long been in favor of banning NBA games from a football weekend because, you know, I like watching football. So yeah. that is one tiny little they, they operate silver lining in this. Well, yes, I'm just saying. I like football, and I think I'm fairly representative <laughs> of, of, of a lot of sports fans who live in this neck of the woods. Texas. Um, exactly. So, and I believe that's a passion shared by the good folks across the Red River. That's, is that like, right? I like football. I mean, is I that like am I correct, Boomer Young? Yeah. Well, I mean, they don't they don't do Saturday home games in OKC as, or they do them as little as they possibly can in the fall for a reason. So, yeah, I think exactly subscribe to that. But yeah, I mean, there there could be some permanent changes that were probably good ideas that they're kind of forced to test uh, because of this. But you know. Well, I think uh, from a television uh... standpoint, um, as long as the NBA finals are done before football season kicks off, right? I don't think there's an issue. Uh, I know you wouldn't want to. Let's be honest. You want to be competing against baseball and not football. 
Of course. Yeah, that makes in, sense. In and if it, August if, if, it, if opening night, if, are we all right? Everybody's quarantined. I kicked a baby toy on accident. <laughs> <laughs> if, uh, I thought a bunch I mean, of leaf cuisine just fell out of the freezer. <laughs> no, no, no. No, I've eaten enough to where there's no overcrowding in there. Um, but if, if Christmas is, is opening night of the NBA, you know, I, I do think that some of these changes could be, uh, you know, be pluses down the road, but honestly, I'm just kind of worried about, uh, civilization as a whole. And let's all just get through this before we start worrying about the NBA schedule too much. Yeah. But I do think this is something that, you know, the people in the NBA are looking at right now. They, I mean, they have to do something. They have to prepare for something. The other thing is, you know, if there's a, a progress made in this fight that we're all about to undertake, um, you know, because one, you know, one of the things I've been talking about on TV is I do keep in touch with a couple of people that I know who work in the Chinese Basketball Association. Mm. And, um, you know, again, I do not want to imply that the fight in China is over, but life is is, re, is beginning to take strides to go back to normal in China. Uh, China, uh, look, uh, you know, I don't know how, I don't know all the politics and everything that went on there, but I can tell you that the CBA shut down the third week of January. It happened to be during the Chinese New Year holiday, which complicated matters. You mean matters Chinese Basketball Association, not collective bargaining agreement. Right. Right. Uh, the CBA shut down, uh, during that New Year, uh, time off, and a, a lot of the, all the non Chinese players and coaches, a lot of them had gone on vacation. Um, I talked to Andrew Nicholson, who you may remember, played in the NBA for five years. He Saint was in Bonaventure, Bali. right? Yeah, St. Bonaventure got a huge uh, Shout out Woj. Uh, contract from the Wizards, and I think he only played one or two years of it. Um, no shout talked out to Bond another guy I know who's a, no, who's, no, I, I uh, who's a coach. Left, uh, uh, admitted him. Uh, damn, Bontemps taking flack. Um, I talked to a coach <laughs> who was in who was in who was in Turkey when it, when it uh, came down, and so these guys haven't gone back. But um, you know they have um, they have basically called everybody back. Um, now going back is a different Oof. is a different uh, negotiation. But the you know there's the majority of the league is Chinese players who have been in China. So so they called everybody think, back. Th- they they they're only allowed what is it two or three uh, foreign players per team. So two two I players? believe two yeah. yeah. Yeah, two imports, as they say. Um, right. But um, uh, so they've called players back. I believe they they want them back uh, tomorrow, as in Monday. Man, um, we're we're taping this Sunday night, um, and they're going to you know give a couple of weeks to have some practice and get back into shape and everything, or at least some. And then, and then the first week of April, they're intending to resume the season. Now they're not going to. Um, probably resume it in the same way. I think they're going to play all the... There's a possibility they're going to play all of the games in one or two cities, but that's too far into the weeds. The point is, um, if you look what's happened in China, it was about... It's looking like an 8- to 10-week shutdown that the CBA had. Now, I think it's going to be longer than that in the U.S. for various reasons. But uh, during the whole process, the, you know, I was, I was talking to these guys that I know as, as they were you know, trying to figure out what was going on. The Chinese league was going through different scenarios. You know, what can we do? What can we do? What can we do? So, what's going on in NBA? Uh, uh, you know, the NBA offices in New York and in various cities is, you know, looking at this, saying, you know, well, what happens? 
if we do do this? You know, can we play through August and and stuff like that? And um, you know, I, I do think while it's not uh, in the top 100 things that's most important right now, it is something that if you're an NBA fan and you're looking to think about the league because you want to think about this instead of whatever else, it is something to think about. Think about how your life would be different, your your sports fan life at least. The idea that you would watch potentially watch NBA's finals games in late July or August. Um, uh, Brian, that, let me let me you know, ask you this. You, I, I don't know. If, I don't know if you have any insight to this, but like, so let, let's just play out the situation where it does. You know, they they do call the the players back in mid May or something like that, and it's like the NBA now has a a, a start date. I mean, I, I don't know how this would play out, but like, I can't imagine there would be too much like headway. Of saying okay, like this is the time to come back. So would they have to like a lot for like a mini training camp of sorts, or would they just basically be like, okay, first well, game? I'm going to tell you, May twentieth. I'm going to tell you, I'm going to tell you what the pie in the sky thing is. Now, I mean, look, we all are admitting we don't know what's going to happen, and we mm-hmm. all are admitting that thinking about the NBA schedule is not what the is not most important thing in society. I have to just get that out of the way so that I'm not so insensitive. But you're listening to this this pod you're this far into it and we're going to continue doing podcasts because people do i think want to have a little bit of escape um what they would love to do is to get to 70 games and the reason that 70 is a key number is because that is what the deliverable is to the regional sports networks Hmm. um they are promised 70 games uh now just because a team like the Lakers for example would get to 70 games they wouldn't necessarily be able to deliver on that because they've had a lot of national games but getting to 70 would be helpful in retaining revenue because they wouldn't have to re- refund some to the local TV uh with a full playoff Okay so the idea would be you know again pie in the sky just work with me here that you would basically play some games, every team would play a few games, and it would act as a bit of a get-your-feet-wet, let's-get-back-to-basketball type of thing. And then you would have, in theory, a full playoffs. I've seen, I saw Spencer... It feels a little odd to me to just be like, okay, first game back is game one of the playoffs. <laughs> like that just seems a little bit bizarre yeah. to me. I know people have kind of said that. Right. So that's, so that's the concept that they're working through right now. Now we may, we may be six weeks from now and think about, Hey, do you remember when we thought there was going to be regular season games played? Har, har, har. Right. Weren't we stupid and naive? And I openly admit that that's possible, but well, and that, and the and other I thing I saw, some hope. Oh, go ahead. I saw Spencer Dinwiddie was like putting forth this concept of a of a full uh, like a March Madness style thing. I'm going to tell you that um, that's fun to talk about, and you know we could come up with with schemes where there would be a you know a 30 team tournament or what have you. And I certainly, if someone who's been favored to play in tournament, the league needs that four rounds of best of seven. And when I say they need it, the revenue that it brings from a television standpoint and a revenue standpoint for tickets, and we don't know if fans are going to be let mm-hmm. into these games, but at least in theory, as we're sitting working with the spreadsheet, you know, waiting for the world to get a hold of itself, they need that to hit next year's salary cap number. So here's something that people may not understand about how players get paid. So even if you have a, a multi-year contract and your salary for next year is locked in, players and owners split the revenue 50-50. 
And so what happens is when a player gets paid, in addition to the taxes he gets taken out, they hold, I think, 10% aside. And that 10% goes into a fund. And the reason that that 10% is there is in case at the very end of the season, when they total up all the numbers to make sure that the owners got their 50%. And then at the end of the year, when they've gotten their 50%, the NBA, the players get their money back. But if the owners didn't get their 50%, they take the money. And the players lose that. You know, and in some years, they have lost some of their money. In recent years, the NBA business has been so good that not only have they gotten their 10% back, but they've said, hey, not only do we owe you this 10% each, but here's another check for $150,000 or so per player because we, you didn't get your 50%. So the thing about this is, is that the players are highly incentivized to get as much revenue on this year as they can, not because the salary cap might fall next year and the free agents may not get paid, but because if the money comes in too low, the players are going to have to give up all of that money, that whole 10% of their salary, and maybe even some more into next year. And again, I qualify this by saying if you're, a, you know, if you're making $20 million and, you know, they're holding 10% of your salary and you don't get it back relative to everything that's happening in this nation, uh, granted, it's not the end of the world. The life will go on. The guys will still be filthy rich. But nonetheless, if you had 10% of your paycheck hanging out there that you didn't know if you were going to get, I'll bet you'd want it. Um, and so that's why the players are highly incentivized to work with the league to, 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 to get as much of the season in as possible, even if it means a shortened or very uncomfortable summer. So was that... Too in depth. I bore. I think you both just fell asleep. Me talking about that. no. That was great information. <laughs> no, <laughs> I do think. I, I do think they're going to try to start practices back up. Probably, you know, relatively soon. Um, and but you know that's a whole other ball of wax. I, I I don't. My point is I don't think it's gonna it's it's gonna be like these guys hadn't done anything except you know individual workouts for right. a couple months. I think there will be some team practices at some point in the not too distant future. Um right. but well they the all the players are settles a little bit everybody can can kind of almost go well, all the players are pretty much going to have to stay in town, right? Because yeah, that is that is one advice. of the things. Well they and and players have been told you have to stay in your home markets, in your in your teams home markets right. and then it, they've also been really you know, strongly encouraged not to have visitors from out of town. And, you know, when Cuban said that, people immediately thought of players' extracurricular pursuits, but, you know, the, it's also family. Well said. You know, uh, well, parents coming in. Um, I mean, a lot of these, a lot of these players are dads. You know, I don't know what the situation is, you know, with some who, you know, maybe their kid, you know, a lot of these guys, they'll, they'll have their home set up. You know, consistent well, like Chris Paul's as they an bounce example. Chris Paul's family yeah. lives in Los Angeles. You know, like right. So and Chris I, Paul, I, I, and Chris Paul like I many players, has access to private jets where he wouldn't. Very true. Very true. You know, I, I, he wouldn't. You know, right. Yeah. There's a. There's obviously. There's just obviously these guys are human beings, and there's just a lot of. It's a just a bizarre, uncertain situation for them as they try to stay in shape, try to, you know, maintain their their peak physical fitness and in a lot of cases self-isolate. I mean, you saw Serge Ibaka's 
little home gym setup. <laughs> He's doing a lot better than I am. I probably ought to get on this elliptical at some point. <laughs> um, all right. Well, more to come in the uh, coming weeks. Uh, Royce, I thank you for your... Uh, you, know, you, you, were, you were pouring in the hours uh, to do that story. Unfortunately... Um, uh, we won't have many long days coming up, at least work-wise. Yeah. So, I mean, it was uh, um, it was definitely an experience, and you know, standing outside the Twenty One C Hotel the following morning and staring at these uh, five buses that were idling in the back alley, I was kind of having a thought to myself of like, what? I had many thoughts to myself of what is going on, but that was definitely one of the many. Uh, you know, one of the things I thought about was had I been staying at that hotel when I wake up in the morning and I turn it on. Uh, it's sports center, and I see you say, "Yeah, the uh, the Jazz, who have a player who has the virus, is um, is are holding up at the twenty one C hotel." I'd be like, "What? <laughs> yeah. like, come again? Did I touch <laughs> that?" That was one of the things button? I thought about. Yeah, I mean, one of the the, all I the uh, all the, like the valets and the bellhops, they all had blue rubber gloves on. You know, I mean, they were, and I felt bad for the people in the hotel. You know, we walked in the lobby, and the phones just ringing off the hook, and they're telling everybody the hotel's closed, to the public, people calling about their like, can I still have my wedding there? It's supposed to be this weekend. Mm-hmm. Like, like, no, you know, like oh people, <laughs> you know, I mean, yeah, it's just it was, and and it's a really neat hotel. I mean, uh, it's like a museum, it's like an art museum. Is it a new hotel? It's pretty new. It's probably, uh, I don't know, four or five years old, three or four years old, something like that. So, But at least it's not haunted like the Skirvin. I mean, right. Is, I know. Is, uh, it is the first Oklahoma City hotels go. Oklahoma City's running out of NBA hotels because everybody's well, kind of made a, made a move the from bugs. the Skirvin to the 21C. Right. Well, you've got the ghost and you've got the bed bugs at the Skirvin. Yeah. And this then, is something now a people, lot worse now, than now either. Now you've got the coronavirus at the 21C. <laughs> <laughs> and so basically, I think, I think Rudy Gobert would have swapped out. I think Rudy Gobert would have swapped out for the bed bugs. Uh, yeah, yeah. you're going to be staying at the residence inn here pretty soon. If it, uh, well, the courtyard's right across the sidewalk. That's true. Courtyard's convenient. Yeah. Right um, all right. Well, that's enough about NBA hotels. Okay. Uh, thanks, guys. Uh, thank you for listening, everybody. Stick with us. We'll stick with you, and we'll get through it together. Thanks for listening to the Hoop Collective Podcast. What's all your right, What's your favorite theme cuisine? My favorite lean cuisine meal? I told you it's the pizzas. Now I can I can go through you do the a different side kind of Tim? pizzas. Let's see. I've got farmers market pizza. I've got deep dish spinach and mushroom pizza. And I've got I've got the deep dish three meat pizza. Now it's not all lean cuisine. I probably you know what I should probably get an endorsement deal from them. I also got some some healthy choices. These little power bowls ain't drop bad one, either. Like you just drop one. Let's see. I got about. I got about. I got about eighteen left, so I'm going to be in decent shape. And I got some sandwich stuff. Good for about four days. Eighteen. I think I can. I can stretch it. I got some cereal and yogurt too. I'm good.